0: This is An Open Invitation, a podcast where Liana and Shiva discuss the possibilities and permutations of life today. One thing that I really started to think about is um, my value system.
1: So like, how do I value
0: things, right? How do I look at at my life decisions? For the first season, we talked to the youths in Singapore and so we invite you to connect with their stories.
1: Right, You start out There's nobody. Why would anyone care? Why would anyone want to listen to your music? And you just have to work really hard um, to get that recognition in the sense.
0: We hope that through this, you might understand yourself better and even find that you share similar narratives to those around you. In this episode, we invited Cherry Indigo, a product manager in a tech startup turned synth-pop singer-songwriter. During her time in Silicon Valley, Cherry worked 16 to 20 hours in a day, This job had rewarded her with her luxuries of life, money, status, and validation. Overworking, however, left her anxious and sleep deprived. An episode of insomnia that lasted for 56 hours finally pushed her to re-evaluate what is important in her life.
2: Now, she leads her life with a renewed sense of intent.
0: Hey
1: guys!
2: (laughs) We're so happy to have you on! Uh, for people who don't have context, Cherry, can you give us a brief idea of who you are and what you do now?
1: Yeah, so currently, I'm 23 years old, uh, Singaporean, and I'm a full-time musician. Uh, but I didn't come from a conventional background, I had a conventional creative background, because I have an NUS business degree, and before this, I was actually doing product management in a tech company.
3: So like in JC, you did classical music. So... But then you lost interest in the classical music over time. So what caused you to lose interest?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess to give a little bit of context about the music industry in Singapore, uh, it's quite a, a small market. So um, it's kind of like a bit of a fight to like want to pursue music already because um, the, the prospects don't really look very good. Um, so, when I first started learning classical music, um, I actually started in secondary school, um, there was quite a bit of, uh, in some sense, like, discouragement that was given from the teachers or, or even peers or even my parents um, that would kind of ask why I would choose to do music when the prospects aren't that great. Um, so, that's one of the one of the reasons why I started losing interest, but mostly because um, I guess I started to... Um, think about my future and wondered if there would be a more stable future and doing something that's more regular. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I feel like it's quite surprising that in Singapore, like they would discourage you with classical music. I feel like a lot of people do classical music and thrive in Singapore.
1: I think. I think it's. I don't really think people do classical music as a full time career. Most right. of them. Uh most parents would see music as like an enrichment thing. So like mm-hmm. they would send their kids like, yeah, it's true that uh actually in Singapore a lot of people take ABRSM exams for um mm. piano, but it's one thing it's one thing to have a skill, it's another thing to want to pursue it full time. So I think like um probably the people around me got a bit like antsy when I decided that I wanted to do it full time because that is like a hundred hundred percent or none kind of thing. Like you have to go all in and I guess they were also thinking about um, my future, if I were to like just focus on music uh, and I don't have a degree in anything else, what happens is I fail in music. Like, mm-hmm. there's no backup plan. So I guess that's why.
3: Yeah, I think that's very uh, Singaporean of them, to have a backup plan, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you went to business school after this. Yes, I went to business. Why did you decide on business as a major?
1: Uh, It was actually kind of a, I don't know, like a gut feel kind of choice like I didn't I didn't really because like after JC um I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I've always wanted to do music I actually applied to NAFA and I got in um but I ended up staying in JC um because I remember this incident when I went to NAFA and then um this particular um, NAFA student asked me why I would go and apply to their school with such good whatever results so Um, my impression of NAFA kind of changed then. So, I decided to stay in JC. Um, And so, right after when I decided, I didn't want to do music. I didn't know what to do. So, I was like, oh, crap. Like, what should I do? I don't want to study law because I think it's really boring. No offence to law (laughs) students. I didn't want to study, like, um, engineering because I wasn't that math, like a math person. Mm -hmm. I was kind of straddling between philosophy (laughs) or business. So, I chose business because, like, I thought, like, okay, it made most, like, business sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And did you do well in school, you think? Yes. I, I mean, I, I wasn't the top student, but mm-hmm. I guess, like, in terms of... Because in business school, it's not really that academic. It's more, like, experiential. Mm-hmm. So I was given the privilege to go for this program called NOC. Mm-hmm. I was able to go to Silicon Valley for a year and intern there. And I, I guess I got the best possible scenario where the the company that was interning at... Uh, Hired me as a full time mm-hmm. a full time um employee. So I was actually doing very well. Um I would say that in terms of income because it's the US mm-hmm. I was probably at I guess the top five percent mm-hmm. in terms of income for um my batch.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at that point of time of getting such great things coming to you. So you have a good job, you have a great paying. Like what was your response to these things at that point of time?
1: Um I guess initially it was quite hard. It was very difficult because I actually worked through my entire fourth year. Mm. So imagine having a full time job in US hours, mm. meaning um, at midnight, sorry, at midnight our time, it's like 9 a.m. their time. Right. So um, imagine having that working till like 3 a.m. and then waking up for like a 10 a.m. lecture, which mm. I, I missed quite often. <laughs> um, and it, it was very difficult for me to enjoy anything because it's like, I basically had about like a fifteen to twenty hour workday mm. like for like entire year straight. Um so I, I was earning a lot and I mm. could go to like any restaurant and I could and to like kinda of make up for like the tough life, I would like book staycations and stuff like that. But I guess it was kinda of lonely because like um not many people I guess at my age could afford that. Yeah. And I also didn't really wanna like Push people to go to places that they can't afford. Cause it's kind of mean. Right. Um. So it was kind of lonely. I didn't really have like people that could do stuff with me, and at the same time, I didn't even have free time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so in some sense, like even though I was, I guess I was having like the dream life like right. that, um, most university students would want. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't actually happy. So that kind of got me thinking. Yeah, I see.
2: And then, how do you come to rediscover your love for music? Um, since you were in the business scene?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, actually, the, the funny thing is, when I went to the US, I, for my um, one-year internship, it was during my third year of college. And I thought to myself that, okay, since I'm going to the US, like, um, let's just try something new, right? Apart from my internship. And I kind of at the back of my mind that I wanted to try like doing some music thing and, and meet some music people but mm-hmm. I was quite far out because I mean like why would I meet music people in the tech industry um but I guess life has this funny way of like making things work mm-hmm. and uh when I was in the U.S. I actually started writing songs in my room mm-hmm. but it was a very bedroom thing I was very shy about it I didn't want to share uh mm-hmm. but one day when I went to church I met this friend who told me hey there's like this open mic event and you should totally go for it so I went for it it was started by a church by this guy from Tonga uh, really exotic yeah and he he had so much soul and it's mm-hmm. the first time I saw someone that was so open mm-hmm. uh, and someone that believed that everyone had creative output that was mm-hmm. worth sharing so I went there for the first time I shared my songs and this guy like he immedi- immediately caught on and, and he talked to me and, and I started working together with him and he actually offered to produce my album for free, hmm. um, and like mentored me, guided me through the songwriting process, and so I, I kind of had like an album at the end of my internship. Mm-hmm. When I came back to Singapore, I released it in Spotify. I didn't really expect much of it. I think by the end of twenty nineteen, uh, it was already around like two hundred thousand streams, and right now it's at about eight hundred thousand. 800,000 streams. Wow. Um. Yeah, so, in some sense, that kind of gave me a bit of confirmation that, like, mm. okay, like, maybe it's possible, but right. still, like, I, it was very scary because, like, um, like, streams, streams don't really get you much money. Mm. It's, like, on Spotify, per stream is about 0.2 cents. Okay. So, it's, like, it's obviously not a stable income.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but I think what really got me thinking about music is definitely about, like, having that much money and not being happy mm. and also because um, during that period of like overworking myself I actually yeah. uh, ran into some trouble with my mental health mm. and got diagnosed um, with anxiety and depression so right. that kind of like like uh, obstacle in my life got me thinking about like what I want to do with my life mm. like am I really just going to chase like the money or am I going to try to make something of my life and do right. something that I love
2: mm. So in deciding what you wanted for yourself, you know, especially when you were not in the best state of mind, mm-hmm. um, what were some of the things that you started reevaluating in your life?
1: I think one thing that I really started to think about is um, my value system. Mm. So like, how do I value things, right? How do I look at at my life decisions? And I realized that uh, many of my life choices were made. With like short term reasoning, right? Like, how much money I can earn now, mm. or like, can I afford to go for like this vacation or or, or security now, mm. right? I realized that many of these things were like just within a year. But mm. I started thinking long term. I started thinking like, okay, like musicians like especially being a singer because i'm a singer uh when when you're a singer there is a timeline Mm -hmm. right like you notice that most singers like when they reach 40 or 50 like they are no longer like that popular because Mm -hmm. there's a timeline right so i'm thinking like at the age of 50 if i didn't pursue music i didn't pursue singing um how would i feel
0: yeah
1: right i thought like um if i spend the next 20 years of my life um Doing a job that I didn't mind
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, gave me a lot of money, but with like really awkward sleeping hours. Like, how mm-hmm. how would I feel, right? And ultimately, like also just valuing different things other than money and success. Because mm-hmm. I mean, to be frank, it it felt good like to have a job that pays you that well mm-hmm. and have your parents be like, oh, you know, oh my daughter oh, she works in <laughs> Right. There. Yeah, it felt good, but I thought about it like, do these things matter? Right. Do, that's how like someone see see um see me matter, mm. like I, you know, is, are there, is their opinion that important, mm. Um, do their opinion help me to sleep at night, right, mm. and, and that's when I started to realise that I needed to live life thinking about, like, really thinking about what I wanted, mm. and I'm not caring about what people thought or what mm. they see, yeah, so those are the kind mm. of things I thought about, yeah.
3: I see a lot of these things that you had like money and status and this image, it's very important to a lot of people mm-hmm. here. Even if it's making them very unhappy okay. and they're not pursuing what they
1: want. Um, interestingly actually, I, w- I was taking a, a module back in uh, year 4 and it was called The Business of Happiness. And there's this study that goes that um, basically there's like a money-happiness kind of graph, right? Mm-hmm. The y-axis the y is your happiness, x-axis is your, the money you earn, right? And they show that there is a plateau. Mm. Like, a plateau at, um, at, I think about, I forgot what the mall, maybe about 10k? Like, once you go there, mm. like, there's a plateau. It's like, it, it, like, dips, you know, mm. the amount of happiness you have. And, um, actually, maybe that module made me think a lot also. <laughs> yeah.
3: Was it, a, so it wasn't a 10am class? attended <laughs> no, yeah,
1: it I was <laughs> an afternoon class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I quite enjoyed that class. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, what did, did COVID in any way influence your state of mind mm. at that point of time? Because you were also working yes. for Silicon Valley during COVID times, yes. right? Um, what was that like?
1: Wow, yeah, that kind of like PTSD memories. Uh, it was <laughs> it was quite bad. I think mm. there's there's a reason why offices were created. Like, so even back then mm. when there was no COVID, and obviously because I was working remotely, I was in Singapore working for a US company, so. I I didn't have an office, but I made it a point to go out. So I'll go to the cafes mm. or like the library or something like that, and I'll just like um do my work there. Yeah, right? mm. I didn't do work at home, but um I believe there's a reason why offices were created because like just for sake of our mental health, there needs to be a separation between yeah. work and and our personal lives. But mm. when when COVID hit, like it was hard to find that line. So, Mm. like, because my sister was in Australia at the time doing her masters and we shared shared a room Mm. and her bed was right next to mine. So, my laptop, like, and all my music equipment would be on her bed and Mm. I would literally, like, hop over from my bed to her bed (laughs) and then, like, work until, like, 5am and then go back to my bed. So, that's just your boundary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really small boundary and I think that really, like, it got pretty bad to the point that I... I started getting uh, insomnia, so I couldn't sleep. And I think the worst I had was probably like 56 hours of like just not sleeping. Mm, um, wow. Because I just wasn't able to sleep. Like it was just, the mind was just on overdrive. Right. Um, so I would say like a little like note here that like, even though like in my fourth year I was working really hard, mm. and I had a full-time job, full-time school, I was making a lot and it looks like a lot of success. Uh, That actually really did damage my mental health in the sense that I got a lot of anxiety attacks from that. So mm. I feel like that was a big lesson to me also. Right. Uh that like overworking is may look good in the short term. Again, mm. the short short term, long term thing. Right. It looks good in the short term and people will see that oh wow, well, you're doing so many mm. things in life. But there's long term repercussions. Yeah. yeah. And it took me super long to get back my sleep. Like even now even now like I only just got back my sleep and mm. it's like twenty twenty one, January, right? Mm. And I started having insomnia since 2019. Like, so you can okay. imagine how long that took to okay. me to get my sleep back. Yeah. yeah.
2: At which point did you tell yourself like, oh, there's something wrong. Like, I, I need to stop what I'm doing right now and, and think about things.
1: I think it was definitely during that COVID period mm-hmm. um, when I did not sleep for 56 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> because... I don't think you realise how important sleep is mm. until you can't sleep. Because the right. thing was, I I wasn't not tired. I was like super tired, but I just couldn't sleep. My mm. mind was just constantly overdrive. And it is really, really, it breaks your mind, like when mm. you just can't sleep. And I think that that kind of forced me to like just put a halt on right. things. And I actually went to the doctors and the doctors started asking me questions and she's like, yeah ever like seen like a therapist, I'm like, oh God, no! <laughs> uh, but I decided like, okay, like mm. I was desperate. I was, like, I just needed sleep. So, um, that 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 doctor like referred me to a specialist, mm. and then I went for therapy. And, and and like like they gave me pills, and mm. then like there's a suspected case of anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, and the pills really helped. So I'm um, I'm thankful for medication. But I think like that kind of like like facing reality, yeah. like really like kind of like forced me to make a decision right, right? and I realised like uh, that overworking or this like dream life that Singaporeans have of like w- working basically like a rat like mm. it, it's not that great after all right enough.
3: yeah if COVID had not happened do you think that um, you might have like continued overworking yourself
1: I think in some sense, yes. So actually, what happened after COVID is because of COVID. Um, the the U S economy actually, you know, like obviously it dipped, yeah. and my company like had because my company was acquired um by a bank, so you know, financial sector obviously it takes a hit. So they had no choice but to cut um to cut their resources down. Mm-hmm. So they the first one to go was all the international people, mm-hmm. like regardless of skill set. So. Um, my boss was actually really sad um, that he had to let me go. Mm. Because, like, it was not as though, like, there was, like, a... I was not a contract worker in that sense. Like, I, I wasn't doing, like, small work. I was doing, like, a significant amount of work. Mm. So, um, but, I mean, no choice. It's just COVID, yeah. right? So, in some sense, like, that, like, because I got let go of, like, I was forced to, like, just, like... Actually, not really... Yeah, it's kind of false. Like, it, it gave me, like, a, a good, like, fork in the road. Like, mm. that I had to decide, like, okay, do I find another tech drop? Which, at that point, actually, like, there were openings, like... And there were... My friends were asking, hey, like, you know, like... There were openings in their companies. Uh, or I could take that time to, like, just decide that I want to do music. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: Actually, the, 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 the funny thing is, despite all these things, and, like, when I was, like, getting my sleep back and on pills, I was still working for them because I... I just couldn't let go of the security. So I worked right. I worked with them I think for about five or six months before I got let go of. So mm. it wasn't actually like my courage that like uh, made me decide <laughs> to do music, but uh-huh. it was just COVID. So mm. it's kinda of like a classic case of like a blessing in disguise kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: Who would have thought? Right, like <laughs> COVID, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there is a struggle to letting go of, you know, things that society values so like we have the image money yes. because we feel like we need these things you know like these things give us a sense of power and I think that power is quite addictive yes. which again like blessing in disguise for circumstances to, to sort of give you that fork in, in the road right so good for you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then like back to where you are now um, what do you think some of the assumptions of musicians are uh, in Singapore there are many assumptions.
1: Um, <laughs> I think that just circling back to that story where I went to Nafan and yeah. applied for it, um, there is definitely that prevailing um, assumption that people who choose to do music are not academically right. strong. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of, it's very dangerous and kind of mm. damaging to to kind of the self-esteem of musicians because it's, it's almost as though like, oh, oh you can't study well, oh do music law right. or do yeah. art law mm. no, if, if, but that's not the case like if you go and research about musicians in the past they, they were very gifted right? yeah. it, it, like you have to be in some sense like they are musical geniuses mm. right like if you even in the pop industry like people like Jacob Collier mm. or like people that have like great voices from young like Tori Kelly or even Ariana mm. like they had great voices and these are all gifts and talents right yeah. um but to not have that recognized and yeah. be overshadowed by academic abilities, mm. I think that there's like one big assumption that most Singaporeans have.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but on the flip side, another assumption is that, um, I guess, uh, like. Forgetting that to be a musician, there's like a huge grind you gotta do. Mm. Like it's really grindy and sweaty, um, mm. uh, to get to to where you wanna be. Yeah. So like, cause most of the time you know like like if you see like music videos like Ariana Grande or like uh, who else is. That is popular. I don't know, like, rappers, right? Like, they like, like yeah. to show off about oh, fame and money. But <laughs> like, nobody <laughs> likes to talk about the time when right. they spend, like, two or three years coming out of demos and nobody wants to sign them. Yeah. But that's how you start out, mm. right? It, it's just like a, any other startup, right? You start out there's nobody. Mm. Why would anyone care? Why would anyone want to listen to your music? And you just have to work really hard Yeah. Um, to get that recognition in this sense. Mm. So... Those are two assumptions, mm. and I think the last assumption is probably that um you can't make money as a musician. Mm. Um, although in some sense, like there is a bit of truth to that because mm-hmm. it is difficult to get income, and as I mentioned, the, the market for musicians are really small. Mm-hmm. Um, but things are really picking up, and we do have um we do have local talents that are kind of like making it as full time musicians, mm-hmm. and you just have to be creative when it comes to income pool when when you're a musician, right? You don't... Mm. As I mentioned, streaming doesn't really get you much money. (laughs) Even Taylor Swift with 21 million streams, she gets like about $30,000, can you imagine? And it's so hard to Mm. get 21 million streams. And so you have to get it from like advertising or like teaching Mm -hmm. or like songwriting. So you have to kind of be a bit like um, spontaneous in the sense that you have to have a lot of like income pools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... There is a way to Mm. be a musician, but I'm not gonna lie, you do have to work really, really hard Mm. and you kind of have to have that fight in you Yeah, doesn't care what society thinks. Right. Yeah.
3: I think it's like good that you're saying all this because Mm. I think a lot of these assumptions come from people not knowing how much hard work and time and money Mm. goes into making music. Mm -hmm. They just think like, you just have to put out music, like what's so hard about it? Mm. Yeah. It's a lot more work and like when you were talking about the spotify what was it like 0.2 cents 0.2 cents that is (laughs) so ridiculous that's like nothing
1: yeah (laughs) that's the reason why like artists like i guess we have a love-hate relationship with spotify because because of spotify and digital distribution it gives us like people like us like indie musicians right Mm. not indie as in like we're not well known but India is an independent, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, independent artist. Like it gives us a space and a platform to share music, right. and gives us like a better shot at success. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, you you have to go through a label, you have to like mm-hmm. you know do certain things, and it's a bit more exclusive. Now it's a bit more open, mm-hmm. but at the same time, because of that, like the 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 income that you get as a musician has gone down. So there's a love hate relationship, is Spotify. Right. And just like to to clarify about like. Um, it being easy to just release music. There's actually a lot of work that goes into mm. um good music. There's a reason why Ariana mm. Grande sounds like Ariana Grande, right? Mm. She has the sound engineer, she mm. has the producers, she has the musicians, um, her own vocal coach. Like it's yeah. like it literally takes a whole village, right, to make uh to make a good song.
2: Mm. Yeah. So would you say that you're currently like in the middle of the grind now?
1: Definitely. Mm. So um, for me, I. Um. So the previous, the previous EP that got eight hundred thousand streams, mm. like that was under like Christian contemporary music, uh genre. Which I decided that I while I love doing music like that, that wasn't really the, the direction I wanna go with career wise. Mm. So I actually made a switch. Right. So another jump again. So like your life is not jumpy enough. <laughs> uh, I made another jump. I swapped um my artist identity. So mm. I started with a fresh new Spotify. So that means it's like starting from zero, right? Um. But. So, I'm in the midst of releasing my first single. So, it's coming out, actually, this coming Friday, mm. January 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with that, four other songs. Mm-hmm. So, I completed the songs, like, in June mm. uh, 2020 last year. And, like, as you can tell, there's a lot of work. Like, the production, yeah. the, the mastering, mm. the marketing, the label help. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of work that got into the release. Um, And, literally, I'm just, like, taking a gamble now. Like mm. just releasing it and seeing how, how it does in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm definitely in the midst of the grind. Definitely mm. not like, like, you know, at the top yet.
3: When you say like, switch in artist identity, do you mean like, in mu- in terms of like, the type of music or?
1: Yeah, so like, in terms, so when, when like, okay, for instance, like when you, when I say Ariana Grande, like there's certain like, thoughts that come to your yeah, mind, like right? pop and, pop, yeah. hip hop, Probably the way she dresses, probably mm. her ponytail, right? Yeah. So a whistle tone. A whistle tone, right? You get things like that. So yeah. uh when I say switch an artist's identity, I'm kinda of switching that entire personality, right? Mm, From okay. CCM to like to like this other personality, right? right? Um and also in terms of genre, also mm. the changing. Mm. Mm.
2: Just now you're talking about how like people don't understand the grind enough. Like they, they have an assumption that maybe not this amount of work is involved. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it's important for artists to document their process? Because I feel like not enough people do that.
1: So it's kind of uh, well. This is where it gets kind of difficult because, like, um, when we are doing when we are doing things in the creative industry, there is always this struggle between like art, like art, like staying honest to art and mm. also commercial viability. Yeah. So most of the time, like. um, like I'm not sure. Maybe artists don't document the process because it doesn't look as
0: glamorous. Right, As like right. just saying
1: that they made it because they're talented. Right. Um. So that's that kind of like thing. Um. And also, cause I guess maybe not many people are interested. I don't mm. think many people are interested in the process. Like. Like, just like how, like, you know, when you watch, like, kung fu movies, like, mm. people just want to see the kung fu moves, right? But they don't <laughs> see...
0: Like, the, the practice that comes in Yeah, it. the 10
1: years of practice that right. comes with it. So it's the same thing. Um, and so, I I try, I do try my best to to stay honest mm. and to document my process. But to be honest, like, those kind of posts or those kind of content mm. doesn't really get you as much, like, attention as, like, a well-shot photo.
2: Yeah. Right. Mm. Or like
1: a well-shot video like, yeah. Or like Funny content right? Mm. So It's kind of hard it To is. like stay honest In that sense um, If that answers your question right?
2: Yeah yeah I think it does I mean it does show um, we, we, Like there's Commercial viability Like you said And then like What can I do that You know really shows me And the process of me being yeah. Becoming an artist And that's a balance uh, Because Music is also a business And then you need oh, to yeah. Sort of know What sells
1: That that being said, though, um, I do think that when an artist makes it, Mm. it makes it a lot easier to talk and stuff like that. Like, for instance, Ariana Grande has, like, recently released this, like, Netflix documentary Mm. called Excuse Me, I Love You, like, something like that, but (laughs) it's about her journey as an artist, but if you're, like, kind of a nobody, right, like... Um, nobody wants to watch, right, right? Right. But if you are not interesting, like, Michelle <laughs>
2: yeah. Obama, The life like, becomes like you know a thousand times more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it does.
1: I think it's kind of like let's just get there first, mm. and once we get there, like okay, I'll share a few my
2: journey. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe you can take like videos of yourself right now, and then in the yeah. future you can release it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then, um, how do you think Singaporeans can support the local scene better? Do you feel like they do? Uh,
1: I think that the local scene has definitely grown. Mm. So definitely from the time where there were like really no local artists, yeah. now we do have a community of local artists. Mm. Um, and I guess Singaporeans are listening more mm. to local artists, which is great. Um, but there is still, but I think it's, it's quite difficult to change. Like um, generally, people older than us, like the older generation, right. would find it a bit difficult to. Mm. Uh, to understand because I guess it came from a time where like money and like financial needs like top yeah. priority because you know they came from hard times mm. um so I guess that's a bit hard for them to change their perception yeah so I, I think it's a bit too much to say like oh change the perception of like music right mm. but I think for our generation now we should I guess in some sense respect like music as like uh like musicians as proper professionals yeah right and not see them as academic really rejects. Right? Yeah. Um that's I think perception would really help. Mm. Um, but of course other than that like more practical means would be listening more on Spotify and following the artists, mm. um, going for our performances. Right. Most of the time I think um most of us we make money from live performances. Obviously okay. now with COVID it's difficult. Mm. Um I guess attending live streams mm. would help. Um because yeah, I guess stuff like this yeah, mm. And even though I guess like American like music, you know, there's probably more like diversity and mm. it's probably sometimes more well produced, mm-hmm. um, I think um, it would help if Singaporeans are more open to local music yeah. and listen to local music more. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a chicken and egg thing, mm. right? The more demand we have yeah. for music in a local scene, the more we can... The more finances we have, the more funds we have, yeah. the more encouragement we have to kind of, like, post better music. Mm. So, that's why it's chicken and egg. Like, yeah. if you get more encouragement, we can produce better music and slowly yeah. that's how, like, the music industry will grow.
2: Yeah.
1: I, uh, but I will say that um, for our country, it is kind of... We are kind of blessed in the sense that, like, the government supports right. um, the arts because there's a lot of grants and funding. So, mm-hmm. if, like, there are any, like, people out there that wants to be a musician mm. and don't have the money, mm. um, NAC, like National Arts Council, they actually do provide a lot of funding. So in some sense, like, there is that financial backing.
2: Yeah. Mm.
3: Mm. That's good, because I was just about to ask you what advice you would give to um, any Singaporeans who want to pursue being a musician. Yes. So I guess that's one piece that's of advice. One. Is there anything else?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll say... I think the most important thing is longevity in your career. So, don't just think about the place or the streams or the followers, right? You're not building a one-year career. You're not going to be like, okay, I made it
0: mm. and then I'm just
1: going to disappear, right? Yeah. You want a career that lasts, right? And so, just be patient with yourself. Mm. I think I, I struggle a lot with that because I, I came from fast-paced mm. need <laughs> Series B funding, you know, like big money and all that. So, it's very hard to be patient with yourself but the the thing is that art right like creative creative things like it like your skill set builds over time yeah and it you can't like even singing like you can't like just oh I just go for one month training you know those kind of like three day singing courses Mm -hmm. and like come on (laughs) okay like That it takes time and I've been going for vocal lessons and I think it's close to like 6-7 months mm. and only then, then I really start to see the growth and, um, but it took 6-7 months yeah. so it, there is going to be a time of loud, a loud period mm. and there is a growth period so it, it takes time and to just be patient. Right, don't throw in the towel just because you don't see the fruits immediately. Mm. So I think that process of growing and building is important. So it's important to have a learning mindset instead of a results-oriented mindset when yeah. it comes to the start, right? Um that's one advice. Another thing is um to put yourself in community. Mm. Right? So like honestly, if you're isolated and by yourself, the chances of giving up is a lot higher. So Try to find other music musicians, try to like um, get in touch with them, you know, send an email to, mm. like, to people, I don't know, like just be extroverted, I'm an introvert so it's hard, but be extroverted in a sense, like be opportunistic, mm. go out, look for people of the same interest and when you put yourself in a community, you get inspired, like you get encouraged. Um, and you just get a better chance of mm. success in a sense. Mm. I guess those are two main advice I'll
2: give them. Yeah.
3: Do you think like nowadays people in Singapore, musicians in Singapore that are trying to come up, do they have more opportunities? Um, I do feel like from when I was younger and now I see more local musicians on like T V, like Media Corp, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So do you think is that something that maybe I'm I just never noticed before or is that something that's happening more now?
1: I think like there's definitely a growth in opportunities. Like in the past there's like what, maybe like one or two local yeah. artists. You don't really know many, but now there's there's a lot. So there's mm. definitely more opportunities, even in terms of like live performances, like Estonate, they they do have um local artist showcases, right? Uh, um so and they are helping and trying to look for new talents all the time. So that there, there is there is a growth in opportunities. Yeah. It's it's not like abundant yet but so you do have to kind of get to a certain level of proficiency mm-hmm. uh, in order to get these opportunities which is why I mentioned that the growth period is important and just building on your skills is important because you need to reach a certain level standard before people want to hire you and stuff Yeah. but there is definitely opportunities so um, yeah
0: Hey everyone this is Shiva just popping in to tell you all to go listen to Cherry's newest song called Like Day." It is so good. So go check it out. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of An Open Invitation. Join us next week for another episode. You can find us on Aoi Podsg on Instagram or Twitter. That is AOIPodSG. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. If you or anyone you know has a story to share, reach out to us at AOIPodcast at gmail.com. That is A-O-I-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com.